Hey, everybody. Hey, Welcome guys. back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. Yes. We are so glad you're joining us today. Mm-hmm. And man, we are excited. We're excited for several reasons. We are releasing this episode. Uh, we are between Valentine's and our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So our anniversary falls just about a week after Valentine's. and uh, Which you- I, I did that. So that that way, maybe flowers would be on sale and different things like that. But a whole nother story that we'll tell you on a different episode is that we had no flowers at our wedding. And so um, that was just a trip up. And this was in um, Dallas in the hub of all these events and weddings. But anyway, things well, happen. Well, let's, let's be clear. It's not because I was too cheap to buy flowers. No, because I was buying them and I True. spent the most on flowers. I but, didn't uh, care if there was cake. We had a florist mix up. So <laughs> I yeah. wanted flowers. So we do we do flowers now. I have, I have to do flowers now on anniversaries. It just kinda yeah. every year it's a it's a tradition. But absolutely uh, it is. Yeah. So what are you getting me this year for anniversary? Um, I can't tell you in front of you. Okay. Well we also have a big trip planned. We were talked about doing a trip. We have a big trip now planned a few months later. So we've kind of put everything off to, to that trip. Yes. Um, That's my excuse. I'm just getting that out there in case anybody asks about your present next week. That's, that's just me setting the, the groundwork for that. Okay. Well, so we'll check back in on how the anniversary went. And mm-hmm. if, if, you know, I delivered on the flowers and celebrating, mm-hmm. do you want to tell everybody how many years it is? 29. 29. You can see I asked her instead of letting her ask me, but well, I knew it was 29. It's because actually. we got married when we were 17, so it all worked oh, out. I thought it was 12. Okay. <laughs> it was one we're of those prearranged. No, right not now. really. So, so anyway. Yeah. Well, today we've got a very, very special guest and a special friend with us, and we are really excited to um, get to hear from her yes. and to ask her questions and, and uh, to uh, have a discussion with her. So, Stacey, I know Kelly has been very important in your life, so I'm going to let you introduce Kelly, and then we'll have her share a bit about herself, too. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to get to do this because um, I have always respected Kelly so much. Just um, her own walk with the Lord um, is just so uh, evident in her life, in her relationships. So, anyway, Kelly King is her name, and uh, she um, and I have known each other for about— 14 years now. I can't believe it's been that long, Kelly. I know. But um, God had um, ordained a special relationship between us before we even knew for sure where we were going to go up to church when we first got out of the formalized ministry. So Kelly is um, very wise in in my opinion and in my, in my eyes. And just she is a lover of God's word. And that is something that draws so many people to her. Um, With her title in Oklahoma, when she was here as being over the women's ministry for the Southern Baptist territory for Oklahoma, she was um, very busy. But I never felt like on Sunday morning after church, we sat a few rows in front of them, typically her and her family, that I couldn't stay afterwards and just be able to talk with her for a few minutes. She never rushed out like that was going to be too much. And at that time in my life, when I felt like I was always too much, that ministered to me beyond measure, Kelly. 
um, a little more about her before I let her um, come in and introduce more about herself is that um, she's got two kids that are just awesome. One um, is a friend of our daughters, um, both of our daughters, Shelby and Riley, and her daughter's name's Courtney, and she's a fellow redhead, so we definitely um, love her. And then her son, Connor, also is a redhead. So see, I'd claim these kiddos anytime. But um, they have just grown to be so important to us. And while we went to the same church, uh, Vic, actually, Kelly's husband, helped me one time surprise Doug with a kayak. So because Vic is avid into um, kayaking and um, that just showed me his heart also. So this couple is very dynamic, and we couldn't be more blessed to know them and to be able to watch what God's doing through your ministry, Kelly, there now in Nashville. So anyway, without further ado, Kelly, would you introduce yourself some more? Oh, thank you so much. This is like, this is so much fun just to be on your show and to just get to talk to you guys, because, you know, if you feel like that I've been a friend to you, you have been friends to us in in just as significant of ways. And so I'm so appreciative. And you're right. We having redheads there's a special bond between families of redheads um we we do we we count them as pretty special that's for sure um but yeah Vic and I have been here in Nashville for five years I uh, left my job in Oklahoma the Lord just called us away which I never thought he would do that I thought we would be in Oklahoma all of our life but we um I was asked to just pray about uh, becoming the women's ministry specialist at Lifeway Christian Resources. And so we just sensed the Lord was moving us. And there were a lot of circumstances that happened that just, he just paved the way for us to be here. And, and really his timing is so, you know, so perfect. And so we've been here about five years and I get to do that. I get to oversee a team that produces magazines and devotional material for Lifeway. So that was an added job that kind of came even um, after I came here. And I've just seen, I've just seen the Lord do some fun things. And um, I, I love what I get to do. I love that we get to minister to women. And that is, that's probably my heartbeat. It's just, you know, really, uh, being able to to see women where they are in their needs and and coming along beside them. Yeah. Well, and you do that so beautifully because it's like you can visit with you, Kelly, and um, you feel like you've known you a lot longer than perhaps you have. And um, that's what I feel like is so, so precious about you. One of the many things. And um, so it's just wonderful to have you on. So thanks. Kelly, one of the things that, um, we wanted to talk to you today about. I know that you, one, uh, you're an experienced podcaster. Yeah. So at the end of the episode and in the show notes, we're going to make sure it's posted on how people can find you, Kelly, find your podcast, find your resources. Cause Mm -hmm. I know, um, Kelly travels the United States, if not the world, she has a large role leading in providing leadership across the entire United States for the Southern Baptist and women's ministry and just does a lot of neat things. And, oh, thanks. Um, you know, we are beginning with this, this season of the podcast, mm-hmm. beginning season, kind of year two, it's yes. season three, but really it's year two for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've learned a lot along the way, um, but it's fun to be with a seasoned podcaster. So we may be uh, picking your brain too, <laughs> as far as uh, just how to do this thing, because uh, we know you, you, you reach a lot of women and a lot of yeah. people through uh, your podcasting. So we're going to make sure that's all available here at the Ah, end. And uh, that way folks can find you after this and and tune into what you're doing. Kelly has played a huge role in our lives, a huge role in your life, Stacey, particularly. 
Um, as you said, Vic and I were kayaking buddies. You have to tell Vic, I actually just sold the kayak. Did you? Um, I need Vic back in Oklahoma City because it's been sitting in my garage for several years. I was putting away the Christmas decorations and I said, I, I haven't pulled this thing out. And we haven't had really a vehicle to transport it for a, a while, but... Um, if Vic gets back here, I'm buying another kayak so we can we can get out. No, there. You, don't, you don't even need to buy another one because he's bought another one, Doug. So he has two. Okay. So right. you're you're well, covered. I'll just, I'll, just uh, I'll be his kayaking friend. We can, yes. we can use those together. Yes, and he's bought well, a trailer we'll and happen. all that. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh really? Yes. He's got, oh wow, this is getting serious. This is serious. Okay. This is good. You guys can have a conversation, but I do think it's a fit for me to maybe not mediate the conversation, but just kind of ask each of you some different questions. So really I'll be bouncing some things off of both you guys. And we would certainly want Kelly to share a lot today from her heart. But um, Stacy, first off, starting with you, just tell, you talk about the friendship and maybe a little bit more about the role particularly that Kelly played. I'm thinking maybe about 10 years ago, roughly, just, you know, I remember you telling me as we were preparing for this, you know, you just needed somebody to believe in you, especially at that point in all you were going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there's anything we want to be a theme of this episode is how important that is. And two, how you can believe in somebody else. And two, for those of you that are listening and maybe, you know, the, the, the Speak Out Loud podcast, our focus is providing hope and encouragement for those who struggle with mental illness and for those who love and support them. So maybe you're in that position today where you need somebody to believe in you. And so we want you to hear this story, but also about how, hey, you can believe in yourself because God's believing in you and your story and, and what you're doing. So Stacey, let me just share a little bit about kind of where you were and, and the impact that Kelly had in your life at yeah. that time. Absolutely. I was at a very um, physically sick point um, in my journey. And um, it was a time when we had just gotten out of the formalized ministry, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. I felt like because my mind wasn't working well, I was having so much depression. My eating disorder was at an all-time high, which meant my weight was at an all-time low, um, that I was squelched. I didn't know where I fit, if I would fit again in the church. I just didn't know what to do because my journey was not going like, this is what has happened in my life. This is how God has transformed me. And now this is what it looks like now. And I know we say that a lot on the podcast, but the reason why we want to do that is because we want you to know that that is not necessarily God's plan. That's kind of an expectation that we have set, um, as Christians, as people. And, um, I got to church um, at Council Road Baptist Church in Bethany, Oklahoma. We knew we wanted to go there because we had a lot of mutual friends there that we really loved and respected. We knew it was a Bible-based church and missional church. And we got there and we sat on the back row for a very long time. We were exhausted and um, we did not know if we would ever fit in a community like that again. It was a very humbling time for us. Uh, because of the circumstances in which we needed to leave the formal ministry, which was my health. Everybody knew it felt like, and uh, that was really hard. It wasn't hard as much about them knowing that I was struggling, but it was what I was struggling with. People didn't say anything about depression very much um, in an open way of, 
it being a legit struggle. They didn't say much about anorexia or eating disorders, and that's still really a rocky road, I feel like, in our churches. I feel like we've come a long way in some areas, though. But I got there, and we were tired. We needed encouragement. It was literally like, um, in my opinion, I'm a very visual person, and it was literally like we were in a desert, and uh, we didn't know what it would look like for us to be any other way. So having painted that picture, I want to um, be able to share with you that God had people waiting for us at that church and in our lives that were literally like pouring water on that desert. And that's what I um, feel like happened with Kelly. Um, I believe, Kelly, you had heard a little bit of our story. Um, And I don't say that because word travels negatively quickly, but I think there were a lot of concerned people about us, um, about my health, and that did travel quickly. So I asked you if you would please meet me for coffee, and I don't even drink coffee, but I was like people drink coffee. So let's go have coffee. And you agreed to do that so easily. And I just thought she, she doesn't know how mm, low I feel about myself and how encouraging it was for you to even say yes. So that's kind of where we found each other. And then we went to coffee and spent a couple of hours together. And I left feeling more hopeful than I had been Mm. in well over five years. Wow just for how sick I had been. Well, and I can, I'll tell you my side, kind of that story too, Stacey. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really know a lot of your story. I just Mm -hmm. knew that you guys were fairly new and our, our daughters had connected already in the, in the student ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, because, and and maybe there was something about them being redheads that, you know, I was generally just kind of like, you know, Hey, we've got something in common here. And, uh, and you know, you all were, you were, I, really, Stacy, it was brave of you to come up to me, not knowing who I was or much about me and just saying, Hey, would you like to, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go to coffee. And, um, and it, it was funny cause I didn't know you didn't drink coffee. I didn't know any, you know, you showed, you showed up with a seven 11 cup. I think, I I think you I did. Diet doctor, a a diet. Doc- yes, you did. And, uh, but I, I, I still, I mean, it was a marked, meeting. It, I, I really believe the Lord was in that because mm-hmm. I just remember sitting there and, um, and I'm probably going to get teary just thinking about it because you just started telling me your story. And I, I just remember just the tears coming to my eyes just because I thought I had no idea. And I, I didn't realize the hurt that you guys had gone through and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, sure. but, but it was such a, it was such a marked moment for me of knowing how churches can really shoot their wounded a little bit yeah. and, um, mm-hmm. and how, and, and at the time my position was helping churches equip women to minister to other women. And I just, it hadn't been done really well in your life. And so um, I just remember just like kind of just feeling like, I wasn't sorry for you, Stacy, but I just like, it was this, how in the world, like, how did she get here? Like, what, like, this is like, I just, there was this, there was this empathy that I, I don't, and I'm not normally like that. My kids will tell you, I'm not for, really a <laughs> person, but, but your story is so compelling. And, um, I mm-hmm. just saw the pain. I just saw mm-hmm. that there was a lot of pain yeah. and, um, and I just, 
I don't know that I had any answers except to just pray, just to pray with you. The thing that you did was you stayed at the table. You let me be raw with you because very few stories aren't Mm. if told correctly or accurately or truthfully. Um, and I didn't have a hidden agenda. I saw people that would, that knew you and, um, I saw relationship and I saw, um, that I knew that you knew the Lord and I knew that you knew the word, Mm. two things that I'd really been pushing away. Mm. And so, because I was, I was angry with myself. Um, we didn't know how to get help. We didn't know how to say it um, and eventually need to leave that church. Um, and so it was very, it's just like God gave me the um, guts <laughs> to come up and just go, I'm going to just try because I was fading away. Yeah. And uh, I saw my two redheaded daughters sitting there and I saw my husband and I just thought, I don't know how to cling anymore. And I know that they were losing their grip. And so it was just really important for that to work. And it's like, God showed you that. And, and, and it did. Mm. Um, And he is faithful. Even though I had been saying, no, God, no, God, no, God. I would of course been in a mental hospital for you know, suicidal attempt, but this was before even anything had happened with, uh, eating disorder recovery. So you knew us in the nitty gritty, you knew us in the the hard, 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 hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, it is hard. Um, and, and what we didn't know was, was that in a few years, you would be the one ministering to our family when we Mm -hmm. had a child who was struggling with some very similar issues mm. and at some of our lowest points, you know, you, yeah. you guys showed up on our door and that, yeah. that meant a lot to us too. Mm. So yeah. isn't that great that the Lord uses us to, to comfort one another in the relationships that he brings in your lives. And it really was a, a God ordained um, yeah. moment. I really do believe that. Yeah, I do, do too. too. I do too. We do too. And it was yeah. just so precious to get to reciprocate in any way um, to love on y'all because there's a stereotype when you're a leader among people, no matter what your denomination is, no matter what your position is of we've got it. You just step back. And you know what? When pe- when you allow people to come into your life and see the hurt and see the, the hard stuff, that's community. It is. It is. That's what we're called to. That's the tough stuff. That's, that's the community. Yeah. 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 Well, Kelly, let's let's yeah. talk about the video. It's, yeah. it's video. We call it the video in our lives because it was <laughs> such a Very key pivotal. moment. It really was a pivotal moment, I think, because it maybe really broadened our vision, Stacy's vision for how God could use, could use this. And the video is titled a love that never lets go. It's actually just a promotional video that Kelly and her team produced ahead of a conference they were leading, but Kelly reached out to Stacy and just tell a bit of that story. Cause I know for us, it was such a key moment, but maybe yeah. it, it, seemed, it seemed like that video has had kind of this 
you know, it, often a promotional video doesn't have that kind of power to it, but this had such a, just a God kind of thing over it that maybe talk about that a little bit. Oh, wow. You know, I actually watched the video a few weeks ago. I had not watched it in a really long time. And maybe I watched it after we knew that we were going to do the podcast and I was on right. your website and I saw it and I just watched it again. And, you know, I, I was trying to think today of just how that all came together. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, um, so Derek Watson, who was the producer of the video, yeah. uh, Derek was also in our church. Mm-hmm. Derek, Derek and I, I knew that the theme was a love that never lets go. We had mm-hmm. been ideating, you know, how could we do this promo video? And Derek is such a storyteller. Yes. And so when, when we were trying to think of how we do this, he had, he had this in his mind of, of a glass blower in, in our community. And he had been friends with him and his family and he wanted to do something with it, but he wasn't quite sure how it was all going to come together. But this glass blower takes broken pieces of glass, the leftover glass, the glass that nobody wants. That's just kind of in, you know, that most people would throw in the trash and he, he picks those pieces up and he puts them together and he creates this new piece of art Mm -hmm. and it has an Italian name that means redeemed Mm -hmm. and the redemption of this glass. Mm -hmm. And so as Derek was telling me about the glass blower and we're thinking through that, I don't know. I don't know if he was the one that was just like, you know, it'd be great if we had a story, but you and I had just had this meeting. It had not been that long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know someone with a story. I Mm -hmm. I know someone that they're, they, they have felt like the broken glass. They have felt Mm -hmm. like that. And so, um, that's when I think I called you Stacy or I, I just, we, we got together and I said, would you be willing to share your story? Which I knew that was not going to be easy for you right? to do that. Right. And we spent, I don't know how many hours that day filming and, and then trying to pick out like how we put this together of going back from the glass to your story. Um, and Derek was, was really sweet about just asking you questions and, and even making sure that we didn't, I, I know that he was very careful about not wanting you to be uncomfortable. He was, he was. And in that setting, since I had not said anything, I'd had these reels playing in my mind for how long, you know, and then to verbalize it, I felt like, gosh, I'm going to be all over the place. And he, and I probably was, but he helped navigate it so beautifully that when I stood up and walked away, I just thought, God, if you even take seven seconds of that, Thank you for letting me be a part of this because I felt heard. I felt respected. I felt loved on. And, and it just, it, I was excited about how he was going to work it all out. Not scared. Yeah. And then we had you, did you, did you come that night when we blew the, when the glass, I thought you were there. I was thinking that you were there when we did that. Cause even thinking through the video and stuff that you were there. So it was a, like a two day shoot or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was so fun. And I got to hang out with you and um, just see how a video's made. And they gave me unlimited diet Coke. And I was just like, <laughs> wow, this is great. Well, and then just think of how this came together. So Chris McGahan's the artist. Yeah. 
And Chris is literally a world-class artist. I mean, yeah. he is world-renowned for his glass work and, and creating these these particular kinds of, uh, of um, you know, artworks and just, you know, the glass work. And then Derek has, I mean, Derek's production, I mean, I think Derek's won some Emmys. Derek's he like He's won an amazing, Emmys. you know, his company's just exploded. He's an amazing video producer. And, you know, like I said, they're award-winning. And to have all these things come together. And I just remember I was so bummed because for my job at the time, I couldn't be there. I literally was in a La Quinta hotel in Midland, Texas. <laughs> and Stacy's calling me, giving me updates. But here's what I do remember. I remember maybe it was a month or two later when uh, Derek had produced, you know, almost the final cut. And he had us come over to his office. And Stacy and I got to sit down and watch. Because up to that point, I'd only had Stacy tell me about it. I hadn't really seen it and heard the concept. And I remember I was just, I mean, I was in just tears. It was just amazing. So that was a powerful moment for me almost two months later. I think the same kind of power you guys experienced that night, but it was such a, um, you know, and again, it, it just really was a video for a purpose. It was a promo video yes. for the women's ministry conference that was going to be four or five months later. But but that the video alone, I think, had a powerful impact on a lot of people, yeah. in addition to leading into the conference. But Kelly, I want to stop there and just ask you, did you feel like with that project that it was risky? Did you feel like because my story was so, I mean, I asked you to even take a couple of things out of it because yeah. I, was, I didn't realize, I, I didn't know how I was going to feel about saying that out loud until it was said out loud. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, no, I remember, Stacey, um, I don't know that I felt it was risky for me. I felt like it was risky for you. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew that you were being so vulnerable in that moment. And mm-hmm. and I remember Derek calling me and saying, hey, Stacey wants to take one little, you know, part of it out. And, and he and I talked about it and I was like, well, it's a really powerful statement, but I get it. And, and we just have to honor, you know, and, and he and I both were like, we're going to do what Stacy wants us to do because we knew that. And, and I even remember seeing the final cut of it. I was in an airport coming back from Virginia and Derek had sent it to me and I'm sitting in the airport and I'm watching it and I'm crying. And, yeah. and what was interesting was um, I'm in Virginia and James Langford, the Senator um, from Oklahoma um, comes up and he, he and I used to work together and, and, and I'm like, Hey James, and I'm wiping away tears. So I was, and, I, and I actually showed him the video. I was like, you got to see this. You, you wow. got to see this. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that was special. Um, in a unique way. And we used it at the retreat too. We didn't just use it as a promo, no. um, but we used it at the retreat. And I did. Well, it's funny. I, it's interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, Stacy, I was nervous. I, the, the thing that made me nervous was by you putting your story out there, I knew it put you in a vulnerable place mm-hmm. of, of how you would even be like, would this send you backwards? Sure. And you did struggle, you know, yeah. even. And so, um, and I don't think it was the video, but still, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember yeah. thinking, I hope that I didn't do anything to cause any harm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of just uh, what you were saying earlier, Stacy, was that, you know, so often we think that, you know, for a story to be told, you have to have 
kind of the what my life was like before. And I think you said it really good, Stacey, about how, well, here's how God has transformed me. And here's how everything's great now. And I think, and I remember Stacey and I, about this same, maybe right, this is where the video, I think, helped to really widen and broaden our vision. Because it was shortly after this that we just sat down and we had a talk and said, you know, I think if as long as we're faithful to telling what God is doing in our life now, you know, someone going through a different type of, of illness or battle, you wouldn't put an expectation on them of, okay, you can't speak up and tell about God's faithfulness, about God's love, about all the things that God's doing in your life in the midst of it. You have to wait till yeah. it's over. Yeah. And I think for us, we said, okay, we can tell the story. And Stacy, you can tell the story from the middle of it. And so it was shortly after that, that you began writing and really the foundation for what became your book. You started maybe just a little bit after this video, but even after that, yeah, there was treatment for eating disorders where you were in the hospital for four months. So it wasn't like, Hey, we're just, everything's on an upward climb. It's, it was the ups and downs, but it opened doors. It opened eyes for us. It opened heart vision. And, um, and I know to our listeners, Hey, we've been talking a lot about something you're trying to imagine it. We are going to be sharing the link to this in the show notes to this episode today, and you're going to see just the the skill and the artistry of putting us all together. So, And I think it just goes to show you the importance of your story, that God gives all of us a story. Yes. And, and Stacey, you've been really faithful to share your story as hard as it is, um, but the way that it has ministered to others. And, and little did I know... Um, you know, after your book came out, and I think you remember, I, I don't remember if I called you or I texted you, but I was like, hey, I need to get a copy of your book because I have a family member right now that's going through an eating disorder that's in yeah. the same hospital that you were in. And yeah. you were already like meeting with her. I mean, yeah. like, I, that was only God can do those crazy things yeah. and yeah. those connections. And so thank you. Like be, you were faithful to your story, even in, even when it wasn't perfect. And D- Doug, you said something really important that we don't have to wait till the story's like at a point where everything seems back to like everything's good, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. we can tell our story in the middle of the hard things. So. Yeah. I, that's so true because good to me may not be great to someone else, but making one, one good choice after another, even with a few bad ones in there is still moving forward. Yeah. And I can just remember thinking, I was scared when the video came out. I felt like I had betrayed my family and the secrets, but I also felt a peace. If you can imagine those two kind of coexisting, I believe it can with the Lord because he was slowly stomping out that fear. But at first I had kind of a conflict going on, but I knew that God was protecting me and our story because our stories are precious. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I trusted you, Kelly, that you weren't going to, um, I didn't feel like I was exploited or something like that. I felt like yeah. the gentleness with which all helped me and guided me to, to help me understand how to answer a question actually turned out to be a way that I got the, the thing that I took out of the video. I've still never spoken of. Mm. It was just God stepping in and just saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. 
and I still haven't. That's and, okay. And it's, it's okay. And not only that, the fact that y'all didn't just scrap the whole thing and go, no, it's, it was the same way when we were having the book published, a company, a publishing company didn't go with us because I wouldn't um, go more into cutting. And I said, no, I'm not going to do a how-to book on cutting, but I will talk to you about how I'm getting through one day at a time, not cutting, mm-hmm. um, but I can definitely identify with you as a person who has self-harm. God has honored that. Mm-hmm. Another publishing company came right behind us that was respectful of what we felt comfortable with what I felt like I could walk around with in my mind, knowing was out there, um, knowing what was out there. And so I felt thankful. Um, I felt like I could breathe a little bit Mm -hmm. because I put things in such a tiny little place for our family to exist. Yet it was exploding. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. And live. Yeah. And I was finding that that was putting a story, the beauty with the ashes of my story. And it made me feel present. And it made me feel like um, all the no's that I'd been saying to God, this yes was right. Mm. This was okay. So maybe I should try that again. Well, it was a risk. I mean, for you, like it definitely... It definitely was you. You put yourself out there to do mm-hmm. that, and um, I think the Lord has honored that, Stacy. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for the opportunity, Kelly. Well, and one thing I want to insert there is that this is how gracious our God is. I, before coming to meet you that night um, at the glass blowing place in Edmond, um, at Chris's place, um, I had meeting in three days, and. Uh, God still let me show up yeah, because he, he sees the full picture and um, I hadn't, you know, it really, that's what I look back on and go, God, I didn't, I didn't even do all of my part and you still see so much in your children if we'll just continue to just go, okay, God, I said yes once. If I say it again and I say it again and I say it again, he doesn't help us just live. He helps us thrive. And I was so hungry that night. And I was just thinking, you know, I don't want to, the camera makes you gain gain 10, looks like you gain 10 pounds. And that's where my mind was because my eating disorder did scream and does scream those things. And I was like, I will not be fat on that camera. And I came even with that heart, the sickness of eating disorder. And God still said, you know what? You're going to get there. So I'm going to use it where you are right now. And that's the challenge I have for you as as listeners is he will use you right now. You have to just say yes to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Think about even just the nation of Israel time Mm -hmm. and a time again. God called them to this certain standard or God asked them to be obedient and they 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 just kept messing up or they were just this stiff-necked obstinate people that wouldn't do what he asked and and yet he still loved them. He mm-hmm. he, he loved them over and over and over again and just mm-hmm. um we see that in scripture uh that he he's always willing to give a second chance, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. He is. Oh, yeah. He really is. So 
yeah, that will forever be a life changer for me. Yeah, that really will. Kelly, let's um, let's just shift gears for a minute. Over the last few years or so, have you seen a growing kind of awareness of the need for the church to wrap around people as they struggle versus maybe marginalizing them? Yeah. I, I So a couple of things. Um, I do think we're at a better place with churches that mental illness and mental health is not as stigmatized as it used to be um, as far as the concerns that people have or talking about it. Um, there is still some, and it's still very hard. It is, it is much easier to sit in a Sunday school classroom or a, a small group or whatever you, you're in and to say, I have this physical illness, but it is much more difficult to say, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm struggling and I am anxious and coming to this group today was about the only thing I, I had to force myself. to do that. So I think there's still some, we're not there yet, but, you know, at least in, you know, as you get to know people and as there's community with people, I think there is this, um, and I think our younger generation, um, the idea of therapy, the idea of, of having someone that you do talk to about the, the issues that you're dealing with. Um, I think that is, is getting better. And so, yeah. but the ang- the pandemic has not helped. We've seen anxiety, yeah. Yeah. especially in our young people, just skyrocket. Um, I heard, um, I heard someone on another podcast talk about the things that identify the kind of Generation Z and the ones in kind of college age, mm-hmm. and and um, there were some some positive things, but the biggest negative was the anxiety. They said this generation. They've not only lived through a very anxious time, but they are a very anxious. And, you know, a lot of people want to point fingers at what the cause is. Like they want to say, well, it's social media Mm -hmm. or it's this or whatever. And I'm going to say those contribute to Mm -hmm. it, no doubt. Uh, But we do live in a very unsure time. And so anxiety is is high. And Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful too. I think medications used to be kind of stigmatized too. And I think more people are realizing you can have Jesus therapy and some medication Mm -hmm. and and, and you're not like, that's not a bad thing. Right. Um, Uh, So I hope that, and I, you know, everybody has, everybody has to kind of figure out what's the path that they um, are is best for them. But I do see it, you guys, I see it in churches and, and it's, it's really women of all ages, but younger women, I think are more vulnerable to say, look, and, and Stacey, I think that was something too, about your story that really struck me is I think even eating disorders, we tend to categorize that as a teen teen issue that that girls struggle with this Mm -hmm. and when you told me that and I was just like this is this is much bigger than than just what we see in our in our student ministry this is across the board and women are high just like abortion we have women sitting in our pews that had abortions 30 years ago and they still are struggling Um, and so we just I, I pray that we are getting to a point where women are finding community and finding the ability to share the hurts mm-hmm. because 
Uh, if we don't, we've got to carry one. I mean, you know, Galatians tells us to bear one another's burdens. That's and right. we, we've got to be obedient to bear one another's burdens. We really do. That's exactly why we do this. Yeah. It's because we want to open up the conversation. We want to start the conversation at the risk of us looking like we literally are a mess or falling apart or anything like that. We want to start the conversation because we have found in the, with the different groups that I meet with and different things like that, that I've spoken to and everything that if we don't, they will find a group or, and it may not be anything God-based at all, or they don't make it at all. Yeah. And if it, if our churches don't get a jump start, continue to get a jump start on things, and we wait for a celebrity to die and then for it to count, we're missing out. We are missing out. You're right. The church, church, I mean, you know, Jesus said, I came for the sick, you know, yeah. Exactly. and, uh, yeah. you know, that's Sorry. right. One of the very dangerous things about mental illness, amongst many things, is that it really pushes a person to isolate and to withdraw. I think it's just, you know, almost every kind of form that mental illness takes, it seems to have that effect. And it's just this this deadly part of it where you want to isolate, you want to just be by yourself. But for those who are struggling with mental health, why is community so important? And really this question is for both of you. So, Stacy, for you and Kelly. So, yeah, Kelly, go ahead. Why do you think, one, it's so important? And then secondly, how do you see community providing hope? Yeah. Well, definitely, you know, from the time of creation, there was community. You see the Trinity there, in, even in the creation story. And so God himself created like there is there is a need for community and so we have this need to be in fellowship with him and fellowship with others and so you're right Doug there is a I think when we deal with depression anxiety some of the mental you know common mental illnesses that we deal with um, it's easy for the person experiencing the pain to isolate and um, I've seen that in my own family when when yeah. they have dealt with depression and still I have you know you and I, we've talked a little bit about just um, in my own family um, where that has happened. Yeah. And yet, and yet it's like you, you, you need somebody, you need somebody who, even if they don't understand, even if they don't understand that you can just be, you, you need to be on a journey with the Lord and with each other and you'll get there. Um, and so, and that's hard. That's really hard for the person struggling. To force, I mean, to to say, I can't, I can't be alone because it's much easier to stay at home and put Netflix on and just, you know, withdraw from the world. Yeah. 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 We don't have to understand one another to have compassion for one another. Mm -hmm. We are so hard on each other in our Christian circles and otherwise when we don't get it, when we don't understand each other. We need to, um, in community, be able to help dispel that shame. Yeah. And if there was any word that I felt when you and I first met, Kelly, was shame. We thought we were going to be in the formalized ministry for the rest of our lives. Mm. I felt like I had gone to church how many months and represented that person who was depressed, um, 
malnourished, basically. I was considered on that spectrum. Just shame. Um, because we're supposed to be better than that. We're supposed to be this. We're supposed to be that. Um, and I just couldn't catch up. I could not pull myself up anymore and nobody else. And I'm not even, I don't feel harsh about them or anything like that. I just feel like, wow, um, it doesn't matter if we get it or not be that person that goes up to that other person and says, you know what, come join our community. We can walk through together. Don't know everything about it, but God does. Can I sit with you? Can I be with you? Can you come and be with us tonight? Yeah. I think that's why women's Bibles and even just gender specific groups, I think are really important too, because mm-hmm. I, I think women get each other and I think guys get each other. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for Vic, my husband, like he, he has a group of guys that he meets with on Thursday morning, and that's a lifeline for him that mm-hmm. I can't provide for him. Mm-hmm. But those guys um, can hold each other, you know, they, they can just uh, be there for one another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so often, you know, we can know, we can read in the Bible, we can know, we can hear, taught to us, preach to us, God loves us, all these all these different things. God forgives us, God has a plan for our life, but so often, and certainly the Spirit of God does birth those things and make those real in our in our own lives, in our in our hearts and our souls. But I also think that oftentimes we feel that through community. If I feel love from another person I'm in community with, I'm not just feeling their friendship. I'm deepening an understanding that God loves me. If like, like like you just said, Stacey, if I share something about my pain, my hurt, my brokenness, and yet I am accepted by somebody else for that, just like what Kelly did for you, it just weakens shame. It just takes its its legs out from under it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we need one another and two, why community is such a source of hope. I think, and we've even seen it during this pandemic, right? I mean, everything for a long time was isolate, be apart from each other. And I think, you know, it had a big impact on the hope people had. And that's one of the reasons why mental health has taken, just has skyrocketed so much during the pandemic is is the isolation, the separation from community was weakening and robbing us of hope. Mm-hmm. And so I feel hope when I'm, you know, I feel hope when I'm with you, Stacy, and I feel hope when I'm with our core group of people in our lives. And I think we can be that, but obviously what Kelly, and you know this better than me, God designed it that way, right? That's why yeah. he, he said, you know, be, be together in a church. Right. You're not to be a lone ranger Christian, you know? So, you know, that's, that's part of God's plan. Yeah. And I think we're, I think that's why pastors are so adamant about like, y'all, we just, we've got to gather, like the importance of gathering, the importance of being sure. together. And that's what the early church to, to encourage one another. Um, we just don't talk enough about the ministry of encouragement. And that mm-hmm. is, uh, and you see that throughout the new Testament, um, when the church was, was birthed, um, and, we just, that's, that's got to be an important first step is mm-hmm. there's got to be some encourage, encouragement mm-hmm. of one another in community. So yeah, that yeah. is hope. Yeah. That is hope. Yeah. Kelly, so another question, yeah. I'm going to kind of combine two things into one here. Yeah. So as you do work with so many others in, in churches across the country, 
What are some things you're seeing that maybe churches, groups, ministries are doing well to to help those who are struggling? And kind of as a second part to that, if someone maybe in their past has has brought a pain or a hurt to a church, a women's group, and and that group just wasn't really equipped to 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 meet that, to handle that. What would you say to someone to say, hey, here's why you should give that another try? Yeah, I think I think that you and you guys mentioned this even just in the last little bit of, of just talking through community, but that ministry of presence um, that you talked about in the ministry of just listening, we can all do that. Like any church can do that. Any group can do that. Like we can be there for one another. We can be present for one another. And so I think that that is something that I think churches, even if you feel like you haven't done it well, you know, just Mm -hmm. looking for the people who are on the outside, Mm -hmm. uh, looking for the person who's maybe sitting by themselves, just being a friend, just being friendly. People don't join churches because they're a friendly church. They join, they want to join a church where they can make friends, not a friendly church, a place where they make friends. And Mm -hmm. so we, we've got to be, we've got to take that extra step. Um, we've got to just say hi to the people around mm-hmm. us and, and, and getting to know a, a little bit of their story. I, for instance, um, Vic and I help with our, our teenagers on Sunday nights and, um, I help the lady who cooks the meal. Like I just, and I'm, I'm not even a good cook, but I just go back there and I can make salad. I can do whatever. <laughs> and so, um, you know what, as we've, been doing that we've been doing that for over a year now and there have been just the conversations of life that have come up as we've just been doing serving together so giving people opportunities to just serve you get to know one another and you get to share the hurt so I would just encourage people um, find ways for people to serve in little ways and and just to be life on life with one another Um, I think those are good things I don't think a church has to go out of its way to, to offer some huge program per se. Now, biblical counseling is huge. Like I, I wish churches could, but not every church can do that, but they can know resources. Right. Churches churches need to know the resources in their community. Right. And when there is a need, they need to know who to, who to call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big step for churches. Mm-hmm. Um, know, know the people in your community. And, and if you don't start asking, um, right. ask around. Sure. That's good. Something that I was thinking about when you with us talking about the church and everything and people being hesitant to to walk back in um, or to give them another chance um, and realize that, you know, the church is made up of people. So there are going to be issues and there are going to be faults there. But to realize just as much as the church, you know, didn't break you. But the church can help put you back together when you give people a chance because God um, uses those people to do that. It did not fix me, but God used the people inside to help minister to my family. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to um, so many of you um, have shared that maybe they the church failed you and you don't yeah. know you can go back into that place and be vulnerable and you don't look like a churchgoer type person and everything. I just want to really encourage you to rethink that and just say, God, um, 
I know that that didn't work for me before. Maybe there was a really bad situation for you at a church, but maybe just say, God, would you help show me a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where people love you and want to serve you so that that way maybe that can become a part of my life again? Mm -hmm. Um, I did not want to go to church. Um, church was one of my loneliest places when, when we were out of the formalized ministry. And I was really sad about that, but I was also angry about that. And God over time has made that to, he's taken that full circle, um, for us. And, um, we look forward to going and it's not because we've got it together now. (laughs) Nobody does. See, nobody has it together. Because the conversation is more willing to be open now and because people feel like they aren't being shamed at church, there's more of a place for you. And I really want to encourage you in that. Kelly, you have been, as we wrap up today's episode, you have been a hope giver in our lives. Oh, thank you. And a just, you know, when you use that word encourage, I love just what that the simple meaning of that is to put courage into somebody else. And I think you've invested that in us. You've invested that to, in Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, as we close out, we just love to ask our guests, you know, what is something that's giving you hope today? Yeah. Well, God's word always gives me hope. And yeah. I do think um, I just did some stuff for our next year's Advent um, study that we're doing at Lifeway. And, and the whole, I, I got to do a lesson on hope and, and I started thinking about just hope is what we, we want for the future, but we don't always, we don't see it, you know, we don't see the future. Um, but we, we have a hope that, that it's better. And our hope is, it came in the form of Jesus, number mm-hmm. one in his first coming, but, the hope of, of his second coming, that he will make all things right, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that um, he will wipe away every tear in our eyes. So um, the hope that I have is is that um, we have the promise. We have the promise yeah. of, of a restoration that's coming, and, uh, and we, can, we can hold on to that. We can. Yeah. We want you to find hope. There's hope that this life, certainly you can find better days ahead in your health and your recovery in your struggle. But two, ultimately, hope is only good if it's permanent, right? Yeah. And the, the permanent hope is that, just as you said, Kelly, there is a restoration that is that is coming and that is permanent and will last forever. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Well, hey, we are so thankful for your time. That's right, Kelly. And oh, thankful so for... Fun. Uh, we had time before we even hit the record button to have that going yeah. on. And so, um, man, we, we appreciate you and we appreciate your family and appreciate Vic. Thanks. And uh, man, you know, Kelly, one more time, maybe tell folks if they want to find your podcast or yeah. just how can they find kind of what you do and, and your, your work. Absolutely. Um, anybody can go to lifewaywomen.com and you can find our blogs there. You can mm-hmm. find our Bible studies at Lifeway. And then um, I'm the co-host of the Marked podcast. So you can find the Marked podcast on any of your podcast apps or you can find it actually on the website there at lifewaywomen.com as well. Mm-hmm. And so we'd love for you to subscribe and you get to hear stories just like this, stories of, mm-hmm. of people's just how God has marked them and how he continues to mark all of us uh, for his glory. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for just being someone who is willing to go there with people and love on people. And uh, we just pray God's blessings on your family, Kelly, for how many people you bless and and your family has blessed and continues to. You're on the front lines. And we more than know that. And the enemy hates that. And so we're praying a special protection around you and um, and your family and just all that goes on in our units that that we that we cling to so tightly so we love you thanks guys yeah thank you well hey we appreciate you our listeners thank you for joining yeah. us today we would love for you to if this is your first time or one of your first times to listen to the speak out loud podcast mm-hmm. we'd love for you to follow us you can hit subscribe uh, wherever you follow and wherever you get your podcast content so Apple, Spotify, uh, lots of different places. You can follow along and be notified whenever we come out with a new episode. Our goal is to release uh, an episode a week, consistent with that in most cases. So sometimes life gets in the way, but uh, we'd love for you to be one of the first ones to know when, when some new content is available from the Speak Out Loud podcast. We've got a Facebook page and all the good stuff, right? Instagram page. Uh, we'd love for you to follow there. We've got a podcast page. Stacy also has her broader platform of just speak out loud, where she has a lot of writing and a lot of resources available. Um, so you can also find her there and follow along with that. And we just want to share a couple of exciting things too. If you've not yet heard, uh, Stacy's book, You Are Worth Saving, uh, was released at the end of 2021 in an audiobook format. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept talking about that because we kept thinking it was right around the corner and it kept <laughs> taking another month or two to get there, but uh, it finally happened. And so it's available on Audible, on iTunes. You can download that. And um, man, it's 30 letters of hope from a desperate heart. And yeah. so um, you can read, listen to a letter a day or you could listen to it all at once, but we'd love for you to pick that up. And two, finally, Stacy is a great speaking resource. We are together at times if if you'd like for us to come and share our story. So you can find out more information on her website, speakoutloud.me. So uh, find us at any of those places. We'd love to connect. We'd love to hear from you. But most of all, thank you for joining us today. And God bless you guys. And we will see you again next week. That's right. Take Take care, care, everyone.